I'm Sydney. And I'm Julie. And this is Restaurant and Retail Revelations. with another episode of Restaurant and Retail Revelations, which is a podcast that spotlights key players in the restaurant and retail industries. This podcast is made possible by Revel Systems, the leading cloud native POS platform. And we always love the chance to spotlight a mover and shaker within our own walls here at Revel. And that's why we're thrilled to have David Norris join us today. David is the Managing Director of International Sales at Revel, and he's already helped take the international team to new heights since joining us in 2021. We are both looking forward to chatting with David and learning even more about the strategy and teamwork that plays into his team's success, and also to touch on some of the team's recent product launches and future initiatives in the international arena. It looks like we've got a great episode ahead of us, so let's jump in. David, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Sydney and I are, uh, you know, we like to think we have a pretty good sense of what you do around here at Revel, but to kick things off for our listeners, can you share a little bit more about what your role consists of as the Managing Director of International Sales at Revel? Yes, of course. And uh, well, thanks for inviting me on onto this. It's the uh, first podcast I've done. So there we go. See how we get Great. on. Um, so, uh, yeah, so my role, as you say, is Managing Director of International Sales. So that really means that I have responsibility for all the uh, the revenue components of the business really outside of domestic U.S. Um, and South America. So pretty much everything else uh, kind of falls under our remit here. What that really means is that it's, uh, it's a U.K., Australia, New Zealand, Singapore and the Middle East are really our prime markets currently. Um, and we address that through uh, a mixture of direct sales and also through uh, the reseller model, particularly in the Middle East, where we focus on resellers rather than direct sales. But in the UK, Australia, Singapore, we've got feet on the street. The role really is to grow, grow international, to be a more significant part of Revel than it, than it currently is. So uh, a bit of strategy, a lot of focus on growth, um, really looking at ourselves almost as a, as a business unit of uh, of Revel. Um, and, and whatever we do here, we, we found that it uh, it's only going to be successful really with the continued support of the mothership uh, in the US. So uh, we're very grateful for the support we've had so far in the last, uh, I think I've been here for 17 months now. So it feels a bit longer. Yeah, I was actually going to talk on uh, about that a bit. Time flies and it's <laughs> crazy to think. I mean, yeah, a year and a half already. I'm, I'm curious, you know, leading up to your growing tenure here at Revel, what were some of those stepping stones in your career that you think really led you here so that you were able to steer the strategy internationally? So uh, there's a lot of runway in my career, mostly behind me. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll take a sort of snapshot of it, if I may. Um, so it, it ranges from, I, I had a tenure at IBM when IBM bought a system management company called Tivoli. I was with Tilly at the time, so we got uh, subsumed into, into IBM, and that taught me a whole load about uh, process and, uh, and, and what have you with IBM. It really was a process-driven organization. And then right through to I've, um, I've worked at a startup where I was the second person in the team uh, in the UK, 
So again, you know, the, uh, the ability to, uh, I guess, be somewhat more entrepreneurial with a bit more freedom has certainly helped me over the years to, uh, to get more experience on how to, you know, I guess, spot opportunities, spot challenges and address challenges. Um, I've also been lucky enough to work in different parts of the world uh, in the technology sector. So I, I lived and worked in the US for a couple of years uh, in, uh, in, in the, uh, on the East Coast based out of Manhattan, um, spent two years there, spent a year in Hoboken in New Jersey. Uh, I was running a software company there, well, a division of a software company there. I spent some time in Holland for a couple of years in Amsterdam. Uh, I was the MD of a software company there. And the rest of my software experience has really been mostly UK based. As I say, a whole gambit from you know, a giant like IBM down to, a, I say, a second guy into a, to pretty much a new startup. Most, most recently on the software side of the house, uh, I was in a, in a business that uh, got sold, um, as often happens in software, with uh, markets consolidating, companies get bought up. And I decided this was the second time happened to me in a space for about three years. So I thought, do you know what, I'm now going to take the opportunity to maybe just take a step back from the software world and you know try my hand at something else, so to speak. So I actually um, spent about three years doing some business consulting and that was really me trying to bring what I'd learned over the previous you know 20 years or so in fast-growing businesses and I, I started to work with local companies to where I live not software companies these, these were companies in manufacturing uh, healthcare marketing and I spent my time with the founders and owners of those companies really trying to help them create a strategic plan for growth of their businesses they were mostly young businesses maybe in the first or second year of their uh, existence. So that taught me a lot. And I think that's helped me a lot at Revel as well to kind of take that step back and take a wider perspective of uh, what the opportunity is for international. And then the last thing I did before coming back into software was I'd always had a hankering for the property market. And although I didn't really know much about it, I thought it would be something that'd be quite fascinating to get involved with. I'd watched from the sidelines and uh, friends of mine become quite successful in that area. So. I went and got myself educated, which I think is a key thing. You know, if you're going to new, uh, a new anything, you want to make sure that you understand it first before you plunge in. So I, I spent some time on getting educated in the UK property market and then spent a couple of years on building a small portfolio of properties in the, in the co-living space. So, uh, you know, house shares, for example, and a couple of smaller developments where we created some apartments from, uh, from other buildings. So... Yeah, that was running my own company again so that gave me a i guess a bit more experience having worked most for other people in my career and uh, then having worked a couple of times for myself i think also perhaps gave me a few uh you know a few hints and tips and tricks maybe that you kind of learn through uh, through experience when it's uh you know when, it, when you're the sole responsibility of the whole business it kind of does make sure you focus on the right things absolutely i, I can imagine and that was a really interesting history i i don't think i even knew a lot of that. I didn't know you had spent a few years stateside. So your accent's yeah. a dead giveaway that you're, you know, you're from uh, the United <laughs> Kingdom, but very cool. And I'm glad, you know, all of those roles led you eventually to your role here at Revel. And yeah. today you get to manage an awesome group of account executives who are based kind of all over in the United Kingdom, Australia, and Singapore. And then yes. I know in addition to juggling time zones, which is half the battle, um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how you balance supporting each of these account executives and really making sure they're armed for success in their roles. Yeah, yeah, it is. And of course, with um, you know, not just the fact that we're 
dispersed around the globe. As you quite rightly say, there's there's quite large time zone differences. So it's quite unusual for us in our business to all be on the same time zone at any one point. So we have to be quite um, flexible, I think, in our approach to how we work together, you know, which sometimes means we you know, we work late or start early, as a lot of folks do, but it's out of, out of necessity, really. Um, but we do that. We have regular communication. We have a you know, we have a weekly team meeting where everyone's on the call, whether they're in Australia, Singapore, uh, or the UK, and that's a, that's a great way to kind of keep that um, you know, the team building element going because it's been it has been a challenge, uh, not just through the geography, but also because of the pandemic. Um, you know, COVID hit us pretty hard in international. Um, it hit it hit us hard relentlessly, really, because when when the UK was in serious lockdown, maybe, you know, Singapore and Australia wasn't. And then when we came out of lockdown in the UK here, Singapore and Hong Kong went into lockdown. And then when they came out, Australia went into lockdown. So it was a constant uh, challenge really to, um, you know, to, to manage that environment from a sales perspective. Yeah, and, and a team perspective. Um, I think, frankly, I'm very lucky to have uh, the team that I have got. You know, I'm, I'm blessed in fact, to have the guys in, in the team here. Um, yeah, they're vastly experienced, which is uh, very helpful. They are utterly committed to to the rebel cause. We, we've developed, uh, I think, a pretty positive team ethos over the last fifteen or seventeen months or so. Uh, in, you know, in those kind of challenging times that I've described, and I suppose one of my uh, mantras is, you know, that it, it, it's so important for me to, to make sure that you, know, you have to look after your people first and foremost. Because if you do that as a as a as a manager or a leader, then you know at some point they're going to you know, look after you. And we kind of have this uh, uh, unwritten contract, really. I guess in our team that, that that's how we work. You know, I, I make sure that uh, I help them as much as I can. I'm lucky they're so experienced. They don't need uh, hand holding. They don't need me sitting in on every deal. Uh, they're more than capable of doing that stuff. I, I see my role as removing roadblocks to their success. You know, getting things out of the way. Um, support and whether there are challenges that need uh, uh, you know, executive help from within Revel. Um, and you know, that's pretty much how we run that. So we can do that because uh, well, AI, it's about trust, right? So, you know, I think, uh, I think they trust me. I, I definitely trust them. Uh, and together, it's been a pretty good combination, I think. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, other than the obvious you know, logistical issues, uh, the rest of it's down to people. And as I say, I, I'm very fortunate that um, we have some excellent people in the international team. They've been here for you know, some period. There's a lot of uh, intellectual property, if you will, within our team that we have to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that we keep. And we're growing, which is another good reason to you know, be happy about working in international. I, I'm not sure it's always been the way. I'm not, not saying at Revel necessarily, but I've worked in international business before several times on behalf of US software companies. And, you know, with the greatest respect, the international business is always seen as, um, you know, the sort of smaller entity. And so with that comes challenges to make sure that your voice is heard. So we spent some time on making sure in the last year and a half, I think that the international voice is, uh, is heard more perhaps. And that's certainly showing the level of support we get from the business overall. And that all, you know, that all feeds down, you know, so, uh, this, you know, the sales guys at the coalface, sales guys and girls, I should say, at the coalface, you know, when they see that support coming in from, you know, the, the support network uh, in the US, it, it's very motivating. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's no question that the awesome talent you have on that team was 
really essential as you're experiencing that frustrating, like, you know, cascade of lockdown changes from country to country. Um, yeah, it's, you've got a really strong group and the Revel family is definitely tight knit even when they are spread apart. So that's, that's a pretty cool yeah. thing. Yeah, and definitely. We, we, we would not have done it without the supporting cast, you know, a thousands. I mean, you guys in marketing, you've helped us a lot in the last 15 months. You know, the HR folks, the finance guys, you know, customer success guys, the support people, development, legal. I mean, we, you know, we have none of that really locally ourselves to any great degree. So we are very reliant on the support of, of everybody else. So it, it, it's great when you are you know, away from the home base to know you've got that backup behind you. It's, uh, it, it's pretty crucial, I think. So true. It takes a village. And with that, I wanted to kind of turn things to an exciting announcement, um, especially on the international front. You know, you know this, but we reached, recently launched Rebel Advantage International, which for any podcast listeners who aren't familiar with that, that is Rebel's in-house payment solution, and it's powered by Adyen. And it's now available to clients in some of those key markets we've mentioned already, which is the UK, Australia, Singapore, and Canada. And it was such a huge win for you and your team, David. Um, I know it offers our clients a whole bunch of benefits and would love just to hear from you a little bit more about how Revel Advantage International is such a big deal and um, why it was a pivotal launch for our markets in those areas. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it really has been. It, um, I, I think it was something that I learned day two that I was here in this role where uh, all, all the folks on the team were saying, yeah, we, we've got to get an integrated payment piece to our platform. Um, yeah, our competitors, in some case, in some of the regions already had this. So, so for us, it was a necessity, really. It, it was the missing piece of the jigsaw, I think, so to speak. And uh, yeah, we're thrilled. I mean, utterly thrilled to have it now. Um, it, it has been worth the wait. Um, we are starting to see some serious traction developing uh, here. Um, and as you say, in Canada um, as well. So to give you a sense of the kind of growth curve. Um, so we got this January effectively was uh, available to us to start to market this tip to our customers. Um, and with that still came a lot of um, you know, learning together, the processes, the steps it takes to, to position this from a sales perspective, that the steps it takes once you've got interest from a customer, uh, the steps you have to go then to actually get to a conclusion where a customer signs something and a deployment takes place. So that was all new to us. Um, and again, without the support of the payments team, it would have been, a, you know, I guess, a pretty much challenging thing for everybody. But now I think those kinks are well understood. We're starting to see some real traction. And to give you an idea, we started January with one, <laughs> one customer. Uh, in, in, in February, we tripled that. <laughs> so there you go, 300% growth in a month. How good is that? Uh, and then, uh, and then, in, <laughs> and then in, in March, we, that's up to 15 new customers. So you can see the, the sort of, you know, the acceleration there. So our, our job now is to, you know, continue to get the message out to customers to, to continue to, to drive the opportunities for, for the company here as well that, um, that RA brings international. It, it brings us, uh, as I say, it completes the jigsaw. It gives us scope to talk, I think, to customers more holistically about their business. Um, it enables us to talk to customers around um, you know, ways to uh, invest in uh, new technology through online ordering XT, for example. It gives us a chance to look at 
uh, you know, a wider approach to a client in terms of a renewal, you know, on and on XT, revenue advantage, additional sites, and, and really takes, I think, on a slightly different business footing. Um, you know, it, it could be argued that um, you know, for smaller, I think, smaller locations, maybe you could say it's a bit more, or has been a bit more transactional. Now, I think we're able to offer you know, the whole gambit of customers from uh, single site locations up to to large enterprise style uh, to customers. So, yeah, we're, we're thrilled to have it. Uh, we're still learning, but the, 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 the growth curve is pretty sensational currently. We're just going to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very well said. And it's just been nice to, you know, see all the doors. It's already open for a lot of Rebel clients. Um, we can, you know, we see that they're excited about it, which is great. And kind of speaking of excitement, um, I'll brag on your team a bit, but Revel's international sales team just came off a really awesome kind of goal smashing year in 2021. And it's still early, but so far, you know, you're on track for another successful year in 2022. So uh, what do you think are some of the key factors to your team's success that you've seen um, over the past, you know, just couple months? I think we've probably touched on one of them or two of them already. You know, to, to me, it's always been about the people. And, uh, you know, my job, as I said before, is to make sure that I look after them and then, that, you know, they look after me by doing what they do. And what they do really, really well is execute on the, on, on, the, on a sales basis. Uh, they, they are fantastic with their customers and very driven. And when we need to get back to the hard yards, doing the grind, um, you know, they do it. Um, I felt that 2021 was a really amazing year, uh, you know, for me also coming into it late 2020 and in spite of what COVID threw at us as well. And it did throw it out across the board. As I said earlier, it, it really jumped from one of our reasons to, to the next almost sequentially. So we're, at some point we were always fighting COVID international last year. Um, but, you know, I think it's down to, to things like uh, just having a belief. I, 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 I'm so... Um, strong on you know the sort of mentality and being positive and believing you can win if you believe yeah if you believe if you believe you're great you are great all that kind of stuff and it's so true in sales and I felt that uh, in international we just needed to prove to ourselves that actually although we've got a great tenure in Revel and have done reasonably well in the past there's actually more to give um, and also once you've got there once you are successful then you know you can do that and we just got this belief going I feel. Um, and it was linked, I guess, to a bit more empowerment. As I say, I don't tend to personally, my style isn't to sit on people's shoulders and you know pick at what they haven't done or what they do do. Or I, I trust them implicitly to do a good job because they do a good job. And they know they do a good job because the numbers prove that they do a good job. So at the end of the day, that is the final analysis of the salesperson is what the numbers tell, you know, they don't lie. And so we've been working on that. You've been working on building this kind of team spirit, as I alluded to before. It's been a challenge because of the uh, the challenge we, we've already mentioned. But I think we've got that now. We, we've got this team spirit, I believe, in the international business where we, you know, we look out for each other. So, you know, as an example, if, you know, if everyone's been successful one month, but there's one person that hasn't quite made it yet, you know, everyone's encouraging that individual to get there because it's all about the team hitting the number. If the team hits the number, then everybody does well. Um, that's developed quite well, I think, in the last 12 months. And I've seen people grow in our team. It's fabulous to see that, to see people, you know, the belief comes in, they, they hit the number month after month after month after month. And, and the, 
the confidence that gives you shines through. It shines through to customers. I think you know customers see that you know we believe in Revel, we believe in what we're offering to customers, and and that shines through. And that's the first you know in some ways that's probably the first sale you make, isn't it? The first sale you make is you when you interact with a customer. You know you've got to sell you first and foremost. Um, you know people don't buy from you know lame salespeople. People don't buy from grumpy salespeople. People don't buy from salespeople that are not knowledgeable about the marketplace, about their business. But they do buy from the reverse of that. And we've got plenty of that in our team, I think. So that helped. That helped a lot. Um, yeah, and again, without labouring the point, without the support of the of the, of the US, some of this would, be, would have been more challenging. You know, we, as you guys know, we put a lot of, a lot of effort into marketing last year and that started to pay dividends, I feel. So we've we've sown a few seeds that hopefully we'll, we'll reap some reward from this year as well, as we keep the, the momentum going. Yeah, definitely. And you talked about kind of that marketplace knowledge. I mean, that's a huge piece and being able to service your customers once you've closed the sale and make sure that the solution that you have is genuinely going to meet their needs. And I know we're not totally out of the woods with the pandemic. So I'm curious to hear what you and your team have seen firsthand in terms of the needs restaurants and retailers have and how those have evolved alongside the pandemic internationally. Mm. Yeah, it, it, was, it was really interesting because I, I, I feel that um, I've been started right back in, in the UK in mean, January 2020, I think was the first uh, real outbreak, so to speak, of, uh, of COVID. Um, so when I arrived in, if it was October time, it was kind of you know, in full force, and there were various lockdowns going on. Um, and it, it, the same in Australia and Singapore at, at different times through that year. Uh, but what, what, but what, we, what we saw, I feel, was that um, it, it kind of split between folks that saw it as a challenge, but only as a challenge, and those that saw it as a challenge, but also an opportunity. Because what we did see where I, I would say the, the more entrepreneurial clients um, took the, the fact that they, you know, their shop was shut, there's nothing they could do about it, they couldn't open, they couldn't do very much anything. But what they did do was use their time wisely to look at, um, look at their business model. You know, should they pivot more to a different business model to take into account the challenges that COVID uh, was giving? Um, we saw quite a bit of that. We saw a lot of customers start to you know, think differently. You know, so you know, delivery, for example, uh, as, as an example, um, and, and also folks, entrepreneurial companies where smaller, smaller individual shops were unfortunately struggling more because um, you know, landlords were not prepared to reduce their rents to the customers. And we saw quite a few smaller customers, unfortunately, you know, go away, disappear for a while. Um, and the ripple effect of that was actually that... Um, retail space or you know shop space restaurant space became more more readily available and as the pandemic went on those rates became more and more affordable so you actually saw people taking advantage of that and then growing their estates quite quickly um you know through that through that process so uh, I, I, what it's taught us is that with every challenge if you understand the customer there's probably a um an opportunity that, that matches it in some way Yep, I, I completely agree. And the pandemic was and still is extremely difficult for a lot of operators out there. But I like how you put it. It it gave some operators the space, I think, for the first time in a long time to think differently. And 
maybe rethink their tech stack, rethink their business yes. model, um, yes. which, you know, was a necessary it, thing for, for some. Yeah, um, exactly. It's interesting because I think that sometimes you know, in all our businesses, we get too involved in it rather than, you know, so we're working in it rather than actually taking a step back and working on it. And I think that's what it allowed people to do to your point specifically. And I think that's actually what happened probably. No. Well, on a note of optimism, uh, there is a lot to look forward to these days at Revel. There's a lot of growth happening within our walls and across our mm. entire client base. So is there anything in particular, David, that you're looking forward to that's kind of on the uh, immediate horizon at Revel? Well, I, I, I think uh, yeah, Revel Advantage is, is absolutely, I think, a key enabler for us this year. Um, so we're sort of going deeper uh, in our core markets. Now we've got a complete offering. Uh, we're growing the team. We had two new starters start on uh, Friday in the UK. So that yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, we're going to drive a bit more through the reseller, this, the reseller model this year as well. So I think that's pretty exciting. Uh, and I think you know, the time is right. Uh, you know, people now are investing again in businesses. So I'm, I haven't seen any impact this year, really, in terms of COVID effect, in terms of people delaying decisions or you know, putting their checkbooks away. Uh, people got used to it to a degree. And I think that's, that's probably one of the key aspects to this is that ultimately, you know, it'll probably just be like getting flu um, in terms of the disruption it causes to, to, to businesses. So, yeah, I think we're, we're in a really good space at the moment. We're in a really good space at the moment. I'm thrilled the team's growing, thrilled with the people we've got. The, the product is, is well set now to be extremely competitive in our marketplaces. And yeah, I'm very, very bullish about 2022. That's awesome. Well, David, this is kind of the end of our prepared questions, but we want to make sure that if there's anything that we didn't cover today that is top of mind for you, that we make sure we turn it over to you. I don't know if maybe you've got predictions for football season or as we know it in the US, <laughs> soccer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, truly, you know, jokes aside, yeah. is there anything we missed? Uh, I don't think so. Um, no, I, I think we've covered pretty much everything that uh, would be maybe hopefully interesting for people to listen to. <laughs> uh, no, plenty of good stuff uh, on this episode today. And um, David, it's just been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And we know you're a busy you. guy, lots going on internationally. <laughs> so we're super appreciative of your time and cheers to continuing to crush those sales goals internationally. Great stuff. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much indeed. Wow, we covered a ton of ground today, you know, from major international product launches to David's perspective on just what it means to be a sales leader. And then, of course, a spotlight on the team's recent successes in their respective markets. That's a big one. We definitely did. And a quick kudos to the international sales team is definitely in order. They are a team jam-packed with industry knowledge and have such a strong understanding of our product. And having that strong leadership presence with people like David to help guide any team, that's a huge asset. It's tremendously valuable. I completely agree. And I think I speak for many at Revel when I say that David has just been such a valuable addition to the Revel family at large. And then, of course, to the international team that he supports. Yeah, I think it definitely lends some credence to the People POS moniker that we use internally. Uh, people are really the powerhouse behind the technology that we supply. And I think his team is a beautiful example of that. So 
after learning about some of the highlights of his career prior to joining Revel, I just, I think David's background is a huge part of what makes him such a good fit for us. And the perspective you gather from roles in a variety of industries, it's really got to help shape you as a leader. I definitely agree. And that is a wrap on today's episode. Thanks again to David for joining us today. We invite you to like and subscribe to Restaurant and Retail Revelations on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. We'll be back soon with new guests and fresh content. Thank <laughs> you.